Tell me the one who safely deemed such destruction. This is the one. This is the one that you hunted, then saved? Yes. The one that saved me as well. From the Mudhorn? Yes. Hello, and welcome to episode 28 of Force Time. My name is Travis, and today I am here with... Hello, it's Kara. <laughs> it's Kara again. I'm... You can't keep me away. Hello, hello. <laughs> Kara is back with the show. We are here to talk New Mandalorian, chapter 14. Wow. A lot of stuff happened. Things got, things got intense. We got... Uh, just a lot of stuff to cover. But first, I do want to shout out, like we have been doing every single Mandalorian-themed episode, the Trans Rights Are Human Rights fundraiser is almost to $18,000 now, and the goal is now $20,000. It benefits the Transgender Law Center, and it was started by Candace Kaw of the Geeky Waffle, Maggie Lovett of the Star Wars Friends podcast, and Eric Eilerson of Utini and the Living Force podcast. So they started this a few months back, and the Star Wars fans have just really been rallying around it. So we will share information in the show notes. If you can, please give it a share. Please give it some money. It's uh, it's a great thing that is happening in the Star Wars community right now. So please, please, please check that out. Like I said, we're here. Chapter 14 the tragedy written by John Favreau and directed by Robert Rodriguez. And we catch up with Mando. He's made it to his next planet on his quest to find Jedi. And he gets there and some unexpected visitors arrive and throw a wrench into his plans. So I threw it out there on Instagram earlier. Cause I wanted to see some reactions of, mm-hmm. of, some people and the three reactions I got, I got one for my nephew, Christian shout out to Christian. All he said was, wow. I said one word. (laughs) Wow. Hannah at at heart of Kyber 15, Hannah, good friend of the show. Wonderful. And Vera with bound for Batu. She said, ah, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we've all been in the same place all day, which is just, uh, <laughs> just, yeah. just a very low sustained scream for the past like 12 hours all day it's just been it's uh it was it was crazy there's just so much and that's exactly that captured exactly if i if i had to pick one word that's that's probably the one that i would pick too things things got wild and here's your spoiler warning here it is right now we're doing spoilers <laughs> We're not doing a like review without spoilers. This is very spoiler heavy because mm. this is going to most likely turn into the Boba Fett fan club president Travis here because we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we first saw him in the first episode. And I was like, okay, I never really was into Boba Fett, didn't really care. But at that time I was like, okay, I'm all in. And now it's just I'm I'm in. Things got it, it was just it was, it was so cool. Kara, what were your 
overall thoughts about today's episode? Uh, it was just so much. It was it was so much, but it was it was just again. I say it every time I'm on the show. I say it every time I talk about the Mandalorian in general. But it never does what I think it's going to do. Like I did not think that in the first what four minutes we would be sitting on the seeing stone already. Like, and it's not even like that there was no try like trial or tribulation to get to it. It's more like, it's just like that. Ha- oh, it's like that happened. So then all these other things could happen, but it was just like, yeah, it's always subverting my expectations. And that's just the, the first thing that I can say about every episode. Yeah. I mean, I, st- as soon as it started with the previously on, Last time on the Mandalorian, you know, and as soon as they showed Fennec, yeah. I was like, okay, what, what's going on? Because every episode this season, the previously on has been like kind of a thing, you know, it's been kind of a, uh, uh. so like, as soon as they showed Fennec in that previously on thing, it was like, okay, what is this? What is this? Because I figured it was just going to be like, they go to the next place, but Gideon's tracking them and then. Blah, blah, blah. But it was like that plus what? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The pr- the previously on has been all season just like basically telling you like what's going to happen without telling you what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. it's good because it gets you back into it. But yeah, you're right. When I that was the first thing that popped up on the screen. And I was like, yeah, okay, literally. Yeah. That something big is definitely going to happen. And we talked about this a few weeks ago with the frog lady episode, how at that time we were like, it's the perfect episode. It was the week of the election. It was like, it was, it was so just goofy and silly and small scale and you know, nothing major really happened, but it was just, it was very star Wars and, and it was just, it was perfect for that week. But now every week since then, it's just something insane has happened. And yeah, this, this episode definitely, definitely didn't disappoint, but I have been saying for weeks and even before the season started that I knew at some point it had to happen that the child was going to get taken. And I thought that it was going to happen soon because I went back and forth earlier this year. I thought that maybe there was a chance that that's the cliffhanger that they leave the season off on. Mm, but then the more, yeah, yeah, the more that I thought about, it, I was like, that's nah, not going to happen. So I was like, okay, it, it has to happen soon and so mm-hmm. i got a couple texts this morning and it was like yep there it is like and i was like yes i knew it it didn't it didn't make me feel any better though like it didn't make me not want to cry because <laughs> right. it was still it was still very emotional and i wasn't i knew it was happening i knew it was coming i, I thought it was but i just i i still wasn't wasn't ready for it but yeah it was it was just, I don't know. It was such a great episode. The, the, the landscape of Typhon just, it, it reminded me of Octu from mm. The Last Jedi. It reminded me of that, except for it was like beaten down and old and rugged yeah. and, you know, just not like as full of life. But a lot of the landscape just, it just kind of reminded me of, of that a lot, which was, which was really cool. It was cool to see like, green you know like greenery as opposed to just like straight desert or straight rocks like to have that that mixture in i i really liked that yeah it was cool 
it was good. It was, it's nice to see new planets and yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to be there so quick. Cause the last couple, there's been hiccups along the way or he's had to, you know, mm. stop here and there, but no, we were just, we were there. Things were going to happen. The, the runtime was very short. It yeah. felt still super long to me. It felt like an hour long episode. It, it mm-hmm. like that didn't, you know, there's always the discourse around the, the runtime being anywhere from 30 minutes to 50 minutes. And every time there's a shorter one, there's before it comes out, there's so much discourse about it. And I'm just, I, I don't, because some of the best episodes last season were the shortest ones. And mm-hmm. we don't, we don't talk about how they were short. Like we don't care anymore. That happened last year. So I, I, it didn't, didn't feel like 32 minutes. It, it really went, uh, it felt a lot longer than that. I agree. It was it was very action heavy. It was a contrast from last week. You know, last week mm-hmm. was a little bit slower, a little bit a little bit darker. You know, even mm-hmm. in in how it was shot and everything. This one was a lot brighter, and it was just one after another. So it was, yeah. I'm still I'm still trying to figure out everything. I know. Seriously, I think it's going to be really cool to watch. Um, like when you go back and watch the whole season to go from 13 into this one is going to be very interesting. Like I think that's going to be a really cool contrast when you watch them back to back. That's always, that was always fun last year. Like when I went and did my rewatch of watching it, Mm -hmm. when you know what's going to happen too, and just getting deeper and deeper and you catch more things. So yeah, totally. Yeah. We only have two episodes left and that's, that's, (laughs) I know it's crazy. It's gone, gone so fast, but should we get right into it? Let's, let's dive right in. Let's start start. at the top and just roll. Yeah. Let's do it. So, the opening scene was so good. It was another, and we've gotten a couple of these opening scenes where it's just Mando and the child, Grogu. Mm-hmm. We should just, I should, I need, I gotta I get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> and in this one, Mando is saying his name. He's saying Grogu. And every time the child looks up, the, the Mandalorian just laughs like, ah, oh, that's, that's hilarious. And he's looking at me just so good. Right. Hearing him laugh was like really, str- I don't know. It like struck me, you know? And it, I, I think again, it is showing like, the way that he takes his walls down with the baby with Grogu, you know, like he takes his walls down a little bit more every episode this season. And just like the way that he is different around him than he is around other people, even people that he knows like carrying grief or whatever, like he still is different when it's with just the child. And we all knew that like all this bonding and stuff was obviously leading us up to the end of this episode. And that was just destined to happen. But yeah, that starting scene was just great. It was just so great. It gave my, it made my heart like so warm. And then when he called Ahsoka the nice lady, I was like, this is the best, the best moment of my life. It was just so, because that's the way that you would like talk to your kid, you know? (laughs) It was so cute. 100%. That was so good. I was that that made me that made me really happy too i i just i love the conversation too because first off he's tra- he's basically like training mm-hmm. the child with the ball right he's like here mm-hmm. you can get it you know here and so and me and you have talked about that like where's this leading and we get that and then we get him talking about i, I can't train you like you're too powerful for me well, did it, it seem like did it seem to you like cuz i didn't get this on the first watch but I get it now. Like it seemed like when Grogu used the force and took the ball away, even though it was like what he wanted him to do, he was like sad, like mad, not mad though. He was like upset. And I think it was like, he was 
trying to see if he wouldn't do it so it would be like a reason that he couldn't go be a Jedi. You know what I mean? Was that was that what you took away from it? It did kind of seem like that because it was very just he he kind of sighed and then the child was like, oh, like, you know, gave a sad look. He's like, no, 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 like, I'm not mad, you know, but it was yeah, like yeah. He, he kind of seemed like he might have been a little bit disappointed. But the maybe he was like looking again, for excuses to looking for excuses, yeah. you know, yeah. Or putting some doubt in Grogu's mind when he sits on the seeing stone like, nah, I should stay with the Mandalorian, like, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But yeah. it really... It really, um, when I watched it the second time, I really got a sense that this conversation where he is saying that he can't train him and he says he's, mm. he's too powerful, that could be the exact conversation that Han Solo had with Ben, like taking him to drop him off at Luke's temple. Han and Leia in The Force Awakens had that whole conversation like i couldn't reach him or luke couldn't reach him and he's like well you're his father like luke's just a jedi and it's like they took him away from his parents to the jedi temple and like it just i don't know it it struck me that that exact conversation that those two had could have been like that father-son conversation that han had where he's saying Ben, I don't understand your force stuff. Like, I, I, I can't train you on that. Like, we have to take you to Uncle Luke's. And that just, it made me super sad, too, because it just, I don't know. That, that's, that's, that's what I got out of it. I really didn't think of that until you said it. But now, like, I feel like the parallel between Han and Ben and Mando and the child is, it's a little stronger than I thought now that you're saying that i'm like huh and there's another possible ben solo connection that we'll discuss shortly which i just don't even know we'll talk but yeah so that's very interesting that you're saying that also just when mando said you're very special kid like that like hurt like that hurts i don't know why it hurts but it hurts like yeah it was so good and like at this scene and also later, like just the mask acting, whoever it was, if it was Brendan Wayne or if it was Latif or if it was Pedro, like the mask acting is just incredible. Like you can, I don't know if it's just because I'm like placing those emotions from my head, but like you can see what he's feeling. It's, inc- it's amazing. It, it really is. I, I was really taken by that in this starting scene and then closer to the end too. It was just like, wow. You know, it was really, it was really good. And and then we, we get this super sweet opening scene. It's like kind of sad, kind of bittersweet, right? You know, very emotional. And then boom, title card, the tragedy. <laughs> it's like, whoa, like complete opposite, heck? complete shit. That was, that was wild. And of course, the first thing I thought of was shout out Sky Talker, Star Wars is tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Um, so that was pretty amazing. And then the windows down thing was like, please. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're going to have to go with the windows down. <laughs> it was so good. And the, the opening shot, how it was hovering around the, cause they could see the, the seeing stone right away and mm-hmm. the way they like flew around it. And then you saw the seeing stone from the Mandalorian's side window. And then you saw it like from a really tiny little window that the child could see out of. And it was just, yeah, it was so cool. And then, yeah, that line of him saying, we're going to have to fly with the windows down. And then they're like flying through the air and it's just, I don't know, just majestic. It's just so good. 
I hope every time that you have to walk somewhere with your daughters now, you're just like, guess we're going to have to go with the windows down. <laughs> yeah. You have to exactly. use that line. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a, that's a great line. So, uh, so they, they land, they get right up to the rock. You're right. Like they, they get to the rock right away. And I love that the Mandalorian says, does this look Jedi to you? And just everything that the Mandalorian says is so funny because he he has no idea, which why, you know, why would he? But he has no idea about the forest. But I'm just thinking in my head, like Grogu grew up in the temple on Coruscant, like city, big, nice temple. He's like, does this look Jedi to you? Just so funny. And it's like, he's not even trying to be funny. It's just like, genuinely, he's like, I don't know. Is there like a switch to turn it on? Like, I don't know. But okay, so let's get, can we get into this now? The second that they breach the top arch, whatever it is, the the area, the peak, the thing, there is a blue butterfly. So I want to talk about it. Because I don't know what's yes. happening. And I want to know. I don't either. <laughs> I, I've I've been around the Star Wars fandom online for the last couple of years. And I mm-hmm. when I saw the blue butterfly on, on a normal, like if I wasn't online at all, or I didn't like talk about Star Wars every day, I wouldn't have known anything what the blue butterfly thing is. But yeah, we saw those and it, and it was, we see them like right away. And then puts them on the stone and then they're a little bit closer and then they, like there's a good shot of them right as the mandalorian says ahsoka's name which is just mm-hmm. so cool that we have ahsoka i i just i don't I know. know i i it's just the best but the first thing i thought of like you probably probably did was the ben Solo connection with uh with the blue butterflies And, like, so here's the thing. Like, you can literally see them. I was, like, looking for it on my second watch. And you can see them all throughout the scene. You don't really, like, the first round, I didn't really notice it until Baby Yoda was, like, reaching for the one. But they're there the whole time. And so... I don't even know, like, I, like somebody, I need, I can't wait to listen to people who are smarter than me talk about this soon. Like, I know you're all recording your episodes and I'm so excited because I don't know, I don't know. But like, I, I hadn't actually seen the short from Star Wars Kids. There's a series that they do on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel called Rollout, where everybody's like a little BB-8. It's, ve- it's very much for kids. It's really cute. Would be great for like, for really young kids because there's no talking it's just all sounds and but you can still totally see the story happen it's really really cute and I hadn't seen it so I had just seen still images but I just watched it like 20 minutes ago and that made me go like okay because at first I was like oh maybe it just like because I didn't know the story in the cartoon short I was like oh maybe it just like represents the light side of the force because like my brother asked me earlier today what is that about and I was like I think it represents the light side of the force it's in this short with Ben Solo but then I watched the short and it's like that's very specific that's very specific and like I don't did they just put them in there because butterflies are pretty I guess maybe but to me that's like so pointed like damn damn yeah I'll be honest on this pod I'm not like a huge been solo stand I, I you know got like god bless and and I, it's all fine it's all well and good I'm not trying to say any I don't have any negative feelings at all but I'm just not like particularly anything but even for me I'm like come on that's got to be on purpose like 
And I don't know what it, unless it just does represent like goodness and light and the light side of the force and pure intentions. And, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of symbolism with blue butterflies and yeah, they're very, they weren't, I don't think they were put anywhere on accident, whether they are telling us anything in the little rolly kids shorts or not, <laughs> but which I just love, I love Star Wars fans because if you Google Kylo Ren blue butterflies, a thousand articles come up about mm-hmm. how, you know, it's all connected and everything. But yeah, blue butterflies represent rebirth, resurrection, mm-hmm. and renewal as well. And when Grogu gets on the seeing stone for me what how i kind of after i started thinking about it a little bit more i thought more yes. specifically for grogu like that is his renewal in the force totally That's it's very you true. know pun intended like the force awakened in grogu once he was there because he's sitting on the stone for so long and mm. he's having a vision or he's doing like it's not like his mind is just completely blank right there like he's seeing something and there was another one where it made me think of ray and the last jedi where she's on top of that like boulder thing with luke Mm -hmm. and she's having her vision of you know the light side the dark side life death all of that stuff where it's like he was probably seeing something like that because he's he's not just like chilling like he had a vision he did so he's things. doing something i i I, uh, I don't know yeah yeah the blue butterfly i feel like they're either just messing with everyone or it it's, it's you know they're trying to tell us something i don't i don't know but yeah I, I i really liked seeing that because it it does make you ask all these questions and yeah and honestly even if it is as simple as it just being symbolic of the light side of the force like that's beautiful even if that's all it was like that's really that's really beautiful but it was was just that little that little tiny thing that's gonna make everybody freak out for six months it's like (laughs) great well done you did it someone that was involved they know what goes on you know even Uh, if they just saw it and were like it represents goodness blue you know blue in star wars is always good yeah Yeah. More or less. It is. Yeah. It's it's definitely definitely light side. So then a ship approaches and immediately we know that's the slave one. That's Boba Fett. He found Mando. And because you kind of hear the ship at first, and you're like, ooh, it you know, I thought, okay, Gideon caught up to him because Me too. I, thought, I thought that might happen last week since they're you know, we found out they were tracking him. And then yeah, it's Boba Fett. And so the Mandalorian tries to get, which is funny, he does it like three or four times, but he tries to get Grogu off the seeing stone, but there's that okay. energy field around where it just like throws him back. He's like, okay, well, I guess I'll protect you then. Have we ever seen anything like that? Like a force field, like a force field, no pun intended, like that before? I like the only can't th- even get through? The one thing that I, I thought of, and I'd have to go back and like really watch it, but was... Right. In Attack of the Clones, when Obi-Wan gets captured and mm. he's staying with Dooku and he's like spinning in a circle, it looks like, but it's not a natural thing, obviously. Like, right, right. you know, he's not 
mean, it's like a just a force field, you know. And it kind of kind of reminded me of even the Phantom Menace, those force field things that Darth Maul and Qui Gon and Obi Wan in the, in the end, like. But as far as like a natural thing like, like this, force I occurring thing, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Not that I can think of. So yeah, that was it. Was just the imagery and the sound design too. Mm-hmm. With was amazing. For real. And and also there is one shot, like when they're showing Grogu first sitting in the force bubble or whatever, there's one shot where he has Yo- Yoda face. Yes. And it's like, so I, I like was, I was yelling. Cause it was like, he, he's never, he's a, he's a small Yoda, but he's never really looked like Yoda exactly. But there was one face when he was sitting there where it was like, Oh my God, that's just Yoda's face. And that like blew me away too. Hundred percent. It was close mm-hmm. up on his face, and it was they show him meditating. You know, with his mm-hmm. little hands, his little tiny hands, like mm-hmm. like how you if you're if you're meditating. And yeah. then yeah, that shot right up close. It did. It looked like he matured, and it and it did feel like it was. They talk about him not using the force for so long, and that's why he, you know, his memory went dark, and you know that's why he maybe regressed and isn't speaking and like this kind of thing. But this mm-hmm. did feel, even physically, when he was there, like it, he was re-energized. And For real. Yeah, that was, I'm glad you said that, because that was, that was such a great shot. It was just that little, I don't know what it was, but he just, he looked different. He looked more mature and totally. old. He looked like a 50-year-old a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so we go down and then Boba Fett's there and it's absolutely ridiculous. So there's a sound when he first appears on the screen, that sound, and it happens a bunch of times, like every time he does like a cool look or whatever, there's yeah. that sound. Oh, it gives me chills. It's like, oh, 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 oh yeah. I was yeah, I was yelling. My mom was like, you need to stop because I was like, oh, oh, oh. it was <laughs> crazy when he takes the hood down and it's whew. Yes, it was nice to see. It was so good to see tomorrow Morrison. We saw him in chapter nine, but now he's back. Like he's hundred percent in it. There's no question. Even after chapter nine, it was still like, well, it could be a clone or it could be this. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, it's probably Boba Fett. But now it's no, we know Boba Fett lived. It happened. One of the main things that I was thinking about when Boba Fett was like, I'm Boba Fett, or you could tell, you know, he's looking for his armor was your head cannon about how he went down so easily in return of the Jedi because he was hung over. And that, <laughs> that my friend Brian also added to the table that R2D2 was probably serving him drinks and mixing them a little strong or maybe mixing something in. And that's, that's why he was so off his game that day because we see Boba and he's, yeah, he's, He's uh he's that character that everyone always had in their heads. That he right, was. like just this, and the scarring was so cool and so well done, and it wasn't like too much. Like it didn't look, it didn't look costumey. It just looked cool, like so cool. And the the cloak was cool. I'm just I keep thinking this whole season. I keep thinking about cosplayers like. Yeah. Go, like yeah. do it. I want to see so many Boba Fett's at celebration. Like, come on, you know, <laughs> we need it. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I keep thinking also all day today how crazy it must be for tomorrow. Or maybe it's not. Like 
But for Tamora to like be in these movies in the late 90s, early 2000s, and then to watch this cartoon that's like kind of based on him, but also not, but also yes. And then for them like 15 years later to be like, hey, are you busy? Like that must just be, I mean, obviously he hasn't left Star Wars. He goes to a lot of events and, you know, has always been at a lot of celebrations and stuff, but it's just like to to see that must have been such a weird like arc for him I, I can't wait I hope he does like an interview or something so he can talk about it because that must be such a strange thing you know to go from like them dubbing your voiceover in the special editions or whatever or in the you know the one of the re-releases and the, ugh, I just can't imagine that he posted on Instagram today too. I don't know if you saw it. It was just, it was a black square and then it just said, I'm back. And then it was BF. And it was just like, oh, that's so, so cool. And I can't, I can't wait so for the bad. character poster on Monday. They've been doing the oh character. My God, poster. I didn't even think of that. I forgot. Yeah. And that's, it's going to be, it's going to be intense. Cause I just, I do, I hope it's him and his robe and I hope it's Fennec is there too. But yeah, he just, his entrance was was one of the best entrances that you could have. And then, so they start talking. He has Mm -hmm. everything he says and just the way he says it is so cool in general. Mm -hmm. But one of the first things he says, he's, he's looking for the armor and he says, Mm -hmm. it belongs to me. And that's exactly Kylo Ren from the force awakens about the lightsaber. And then right after that, he says, and it's like one of the best lines ever. I'm just a simple man making his way in the galaxy. And then he takes that line that was, you know, that Django Fett made famous and he takes it a step further and says, like my father before me, it's like Luke Skywalker. Like, wow. ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one, man. That was so good. And then I was also, I mean, this might be a plot hole and, and I don't care, but, uh, but, or maybe there's something that I'm missing, but, that he knew about Cobb Vanth. Did yeah. Always know? I, there's, see, this is where headcanon I think might have to come in because sure, yeah. and that's fine. I'm, I'm more than fine with that. Obviously. But yeah, it was like, okay, it's, it's five years after we saw him in return of the Jedi mm-hmm. and he knows Cobb Vanth had it. Does he know that with, you know, that Cobb Vanth has had the armor that he wouldn't be able to take him out or I don't know, but yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, there's there's definitely some conversation there, and I really, I really, really, really want them to go pick up Cobb Vance and have them like I, I just I want them all to to come together. But yeah, that's it was it was weird how he's just like yeah Cobb Vance had it, and then I've been tracking you. It's like well, how long have you known that he had it? You know, <laughs> or did he just did Cobb Vance just get it not too long ago, and he's been plotting or something? But or like after maybe after Mando left, he went to and said like where is it and Cobb Vanth was like I sent it with the guy or something like that I don't know or he yeah. just was fall I don't know yeah for sure I yeah there's I I really want Cobb Vanth to come back and then maybe we could get that question answered I think that would be that would be good mm-hmm. and then okay so he says he wants his armor back mm-hmm. and the Mandalorian goes into his whole like he's still on the creed thing like you know the do do you follow the creed like are you this 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 and both it's like i don't i don't answer to anybody like i'm just me you know i don't Mm -hmm. i don't do that and then they kind of get into a little bit and then he says don't make a move i have a sharpshooter up on the ridge 
And at that point, it's like, okay, that's definitely Fennec Shand. And then, then he says, like, yeah, that's her up there or something like that. It's like, okay, 100%, that's, that's Fennec with him. And she has the gun pointed at the child. And so, <laughs> yeah, she, I'm, I'm so happy that she's so back. And we, happy. we speculated about that a little bit. I think on our Baby Yoda ex- episode, maybe, but we talked about that and i i don't think there was i think it was like 90 percent of the viewers thought she was coming back because right but yeah it was i was i was so happy she was back she's so cool and like that outfit like the the helmet that she had i i forget if she had that exact helmet like last season maybe but but the the helmet is very like uh, beginning of Attack of the Clones, Padme, when she's disguised as the whatever, you know, like that helmet really reminded me of that, which was just like, whew. Yeah, it was, a, it was a mix between Padme and Zam Wessel too, because Zam Wessel yes. kind of had that too, where she had the full outfit. So yeah, it was like a mix of those two outfits. And yeah, just, she's just cool. I've said it a million times probably in the past couple <laughs> episodes, because there's been so many cool characters, but like she is... She is so cool. And yeah, just to get her back, if she wouldn't have come back, that would have been one of the things that I legitimately would have been upset about. Like you got Ming-Na Wen to come in for half an episode and like talk her up. Like she's, you know, the best sharpshooter and bounty hunter and all this stuff. And then just for her to be gone. So yeah, I I was, I'm still, I'll, I'll be happy about that for a while that she's back. Me too. Now it's like, give us the action figures, give us the, we want it all like and yeah. cosplayers oh i want to see it like oof so ready for that yeah ming na one is so cool and like yeah i'm just super 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 into that character and i think the fact that she's like indebted to boba fett and working with him is really just cool and fun and exciting yeah you know that he's not just like i'm a big dude and i'm here to take my armor back but I also got this cool, you know, so it's like kind of yeah. like a really cool bonus, you know? Yeah. And she has, I, w- I want to get your take on this. Cause I, I was a little, I don't know how it happened, but she opens up her stomach her like abs and it's, she's like full on Luke Skywalker's hand, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of empire strikes back when he gets his new hand, it's like opens it up and it's just robotic. And when I first saw it, mm-hmm. I was like, is she part, is she like you know a general grievous where he was part humanoid part droid like is she Mm. kind of a mix of that or what it was but then she said something about boba fett finding her and helping her it's like did he do that is he that technologically advanced on Tatooine? i don't know i think so there's another story that could be told that's another story i feel my like thought when i saw it was like we know that boba fett was was on Tatooine, being like you know not shady, but like, you know, in the dark, but we don't know that he was like not talking to people. We don't know that he wasn't communicating or that he didn't have connections or people that he was kind of maybe not working with, but like people that he trusted in that. So maybe he had help from a droid or, you know, somebody who, who does that kind of stuff. I don't know. (laughs) Like maybe he had that connection somewhere in Tatooine and, we just don't know about it, you know, because I don't know that he was necessarily yeah. like Obi Wan style hermiting, you know. 
Very true. Yeah, I'd like to. I just want to know how she got that cool thing that just like opens up on her stomach, and it was just it was good. But yeah, they're very they're very honorable. You know, both of them, mm-hmm. Boba Fett and Fennec Shan, where they they're very. I, I don't know a better word to say, but honor honorable mm-hmm. where they just like, they follow their word and they stick by it. And that's when we get them making the deal that if the Mandalorian gives Boba Fett, his armor back, they will help protect the child. And so that mm-hmm. becomes obviously a major point in this entire story, because right after that, he says, when they're talking about the armor, he does say, that armor was given to my father, Django. And when he said yeah. Django, like I, we all know how he, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. But when he said that out loud, I was just like, I was cheering. I was so happy. It just the prequel love all season. There's been so much prequel love. So and, and just to hear Django's name, I just wanted to scream Django all day because it great. It's, it's the guy that played Django actually saying Django. And yes. I was just, just, just so excited. Just great. And like, I don't know, like, I think this is kind of off topic, but like uh, a lot of people have been noticing that like the official Star Wars account has just been like posting a lot of Anakin and Padme pictures. And it's like, you know, thank you. That's all. That's all I can say is just thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for saying Django on the most popular television show in the world right now they said the word Django and they meant Django Fett come on it's so good yes exactly I hope that so they said last week after the Ahsoka episode that viewership in the Clone Wars went way up I hope that viewership for Attack of the Clones and the prequels goes way up and I hope people start getting into that because we have been we have got so much prequel stuff in this season that it's just every week it seems like, and they've mentioned Coruscant like a hundred times. And I'm just, I'm ready to go back to Coruscant at some point. I don't care if it's in this show, if it's in, you know, the Cassian show, but I'm Coruscant is, is like my favorite planet. And every time they, every time they, they say Coruscant, I kind of, it's like when Grogu hears his name, how he like Mm -hmm. looks up to the side, his ears perk up. That's me. When I hear Coruscant, (laughs) my, my ears, perk up a little bit so yeah yep 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 yeah it's it's wild it's it's really really exciting it makes me want to go watch attack of the clones right now like imagine if like i'm just thinking of if if boba had been like i used to go with my father to dex's diner (laughs) just literally and leave my body That's where they go. That's where Mayfeld, like Mayfeld already ex- escaped and he's, he's at Dex's diner next week. They're, they're going there and it's just going to be them there the whole time. I, no. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so ready for whatever prequel love they keep feeding us. Cause it doesn't take a lot. It really doesn't to, to satisfy no. us because we went so long without much prequel love, but yeah, it's, it's here and it's They're exciting. Really cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> It's just good. Um, I just when he said Jenga, I was ready to run through a wall. I was just, I was ready to go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they they come up with this deal, but right as they do that, stormtroopers arrive. So a transport that looks very similar to the First Order transport 
in The Force Awakens, the very opening scene. Looks really mm. close to that. Comes out, and it's the same thing. Stormtroopers just roll out of this thing. And as much prequel love as we got with mm-hmm. them just saying Jango Fett, this felt very original trilogy with these stormtroopers mm. right it was the same look and the way that they talked and the way that they moved and the way that they're like up there up there and like given the you know given the different signals and stuff it felt very original trilogy but this is where things get intense yeah it was crazy and also i mean i don't want to jump backwards because we're we're moving and it's about to get really fast but i just loved the line that boba fett said when he said fate sometimes steps in to rescue the wretched. Oof. That was good. Yeah. That, right? that was a great line. A line. Everything, everything he said was just, it was memorable. And when I was, great. when I was like, taking a couple notes on my phone and stuff, everything he said, I like, had to pause it. Cause I was like, I need to, I need to write that down. Cause that was really his entire transcript. But anyway, yeah. yeah so the stormtroopers, I agree. Definitely reminded me in the way they were talking and moving of original trilogy type type jazz. I got super nervous like right away. Cause it was just like, it happened so fast and then it did not stop. Like yeah. did not stop. And that it was, yeah, I got super, super tense. And this is really where the fun begins. If you, if you do, if you will. <laughs> this entire scene, Boba Fett is just taking down stormtroopers with his oh. gappy stick. Just looks amazing it's just like tomorrow morrison forever it's just just so good and then fennec shan is just sharpshooting everybody she's they're just taking it out and meanwhile so the mandalorian runs up to try to save the child again because he's got to go to the child he doesn't have his jetpack because he set it down when they're all like, okay, set your weapons down so they could talk. Right. He set his jetpack down and he doesn't pick it back up. And I don't know why he didn't pick it back up or it just happened so fast or they were a little bit away from it, but he runs to the very top again, tries to get into that force energy field and gets mm-hmm. this time he gets thrown back even worse. And it just like knocks him out. Knocked out. Yeah. But this is where Fennec has the awesome move where she's going, she like jumps up and she's behind that boulder that you can see right before she gets behind it. The boulder moves a little bit because of an explosion and she's sitting behind it and she's like kicking it and kicking it and she kicks it down the hill and this boulder, it's going like 200 miles per hour down this hill and it's (laughs) it's just taking out stormtroopers left and right. And then it runs over that last one who has the big cannon set up and it felt like there were some really good moments that directorial wise in this mm. that felt very different than what we've seen, which is so awesome that we get that every week. But during that whole moment, it felt like the speed was like two times the mm. original speed. And then there's moments later where it like slows down to half speed and it's just, I don't know, mm. but it was it was just really well shot, and yeah, that whole boulder roll sequence was was awesome. I've also been thinking like all day about that shot where Fennec's like falling backwards and shooting. It was just very cool, and then also during the whole Boba Gaffy Stick mind blowing face melting thing, he at one point is the shot is like real close to the ground, and he's like dragging it. 
and he's just like so mad and it's like wow he has so much pent up like mad stuff but also he's like I think it's so interesting that he's obviously like you know rightfully so based on all that we know an angry dude but like for him to like be dragging the the thing and like be so mad but then also with Mando to be like not not that he's being nice but maybe it's because Mando is Mandal like Mandalorian or at least is a foundling or well he finds that out but you know like it's just that it's just an interesting contrast of like in battle he's like he's like ready to rock but then when they were like in conversation he was so much more like measured I, I don't know that was very interesting and it gives like it gives his character a layer that's really cool as opposed to him just being like angry guy you know it's like he's angry but there's something else there you know yeah for sure there there was that that good shot when he was dragging it it felt like he was like a serial killer like walking you know it was like in a like scream or like texas chainsaw massacre where you know like the the killer is walking really slowly and yeah it's just like dragging it along it was so good yeah that move by fennec shan where she jumps backwards it's just just the coolest coolest thing this action sequence and then they get rid of all of those stormtroopers pretty much and then another transport land it's just like relentless they just keep coming and coming and coming and then the mandalorian tries again to get grogu and then he like he he's not getting it you know that he can't break through that like he's still (laughs) about the force which is great but he goes to try to get him and then he's he gives up he's like okay well i'm gonna go down again and try to protect you and then right after that that is where grogu ends his connection with whatever he saw the line that mando says is he says i'm gonna protect you just stay there i'll be back soon which is like yeah that's (laughs) that's like famous last words and yeah, classic tragedy getting ready to happen. Uh, yeah, I'll be be right there. And then the force connection ends, and the child falls over like super tired. And again, just like in in the Last Jedi with Rey when she's having her you know force uh, trip with Luke, where when she gets done with that, you know, obviously she goes goes and has her like dark side type vision. She goes straight for it. Mm-hmm. And then she falls over and she's like super out of breath too. And it's like this, you know, the effect that it has on the child, it just, it, you know, obviously it was different. Like he just kind of like passes out like to the side, but obviously right. that took just everything out of him. But I, I just want to know what his vision was. Like, did he have a tiny mirror cave moment? Like, did he have something where he cut some dude's head off and it was like the Mandalorians like what you know what was it that he saw because he definitely saw something I mean it felt it felt very uplifting and that it was good whatever it was um because he was like super mutating but I'm just I don't know I'll, I'll be curious about that until we ever get an answer I think oh for sure and it's interesting because how you were saying that the the child looked Grogu sorry Grogu looked more um mature as soon as the connection stop started, because I feel like as soon as it stopped, he looked younger again. You know what I mean? Like as soon as it stopped and he fell over, he looked more like baby Yoda again. You know what I mean? I don't know. 
It was. It was the way that they can manipulate his little face and just make him look the same but different was was really impressive. For real. So then we go back to Fennec is now surrounded by all of these. And right before all this happens, we see Boba Fett glance over at the ship. And so, and the ship is like wide open, the Razor Crest. And so we're like, okay. Because of course it is because Mando like can never lock a door or yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He, he's very bad about taking care of things for sure. So, so yeah, it just leaves it with the windows down so you can get right in. So on brand. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And so we shoot back to Fennec. She's now surrounded by all these stormtroopers. And then here's Mando's hero, hero moment where he comes in, gets out the whistling birds. And then this, this is where it gets slow-mo too, but he gets there and like has a couple lines to Fennec. And then he's basically shielding her from mm-hmm. the shots while they're taking out all the stormtroopers. And just that whole sequence was amazing. Very cool. And then this is where, Oh my God. Out I know where nowhere. you're going. Just go. <laughs> Out of nowhere, we see the seismic charge drop on the ground. And I want to know, did he already have that? Did he have it hidden? You know, Boba Fett obviously has this, throws it. And it's like uh, just one of those little seismic charges, really similar to what we see with Jango Fett when he's fighting Obi-Wan on Kamino and Attack of the Clones. And that was just, and then he just comes in with his armor, with his jetpack, and it's just, like I said, never really cared about Boba Fett. Like, I I just, I I was never into him. I just, he, I always thought he was, like, kind of cool, and, like, yeah, he's a cool side character, but at this moment, I was, like, the biggest Boba Fett fan ever. I was like, yes, I've always loved him. Like, he's always been my favorite right there. And again, when he turned, like, when he turned, when you finally see that it's him with the helmet on and everything, it's the sound was like, oh, that sound was so good. Like that just Boba Fett, like, you know, that sound was like, oh, my God, it was so good. I thought that maybe the charge that he threw might have just been from the Razor Crest because, you know, Mando's always got a ton of those, too. Yeah, it was, yeah, for sure. So I was like, maybe he just snagged one. He like put his armor on and was like, oh, I'm going to take a couple of those, too. And then just like ran out, you know? Yeah, yeah. that was but, wild. And then he's he's got like stuff coming out of his knees in his armor <laughs> shooting people and then he's got I feel like the, knee, the knee thing might be something that's going over my head though like could that be a thing from like the original costume where they when he was in the parade or something you know like because the first time anyone ever saw Boba Fett was not in Empire or as a toy it was in a parade but yeah. then maybe it was and then the holiday special he might have had. I don't know. And, the, the, and then the, the holiday special. But even before that, and like there yeah. was like some type of free, but and I don't know, something like that. But I feel like the knee gun has a connection to something. My brother FaceTimed me this morning, and one of the first things he said was like, what, did he have a knee gun? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like that's a thing. So I'm saying it yeah. for the record. I think that's a thing. I'd be okay either way because it'd be really funny if at some point that was like in a comic book or something like way way back or it might be I don't know or if it wasn't at all and they're just like you know it'd be really cool like if he had just a blaster in his knee pad you know because he doesn't even 
he doesn't have the full armor. He just has, you know, you can see his robe and it kind of looks like he's wearing a kilt kind of, which is kind of cool, but he has like the knee guards you know, or the knee pads on. And yeah, that was, that was good. And so he comes in, has this amazing moment where he's just, again, taking people out at this moment. And it made me think that, so all the stormtroopers take off, like they just start running to the ship. Did they, recognize him as boba fett and we're like oh crap we got to get out of here or was it just the fact that he had a knee blaster just taking people out that they started running but like before that you know with the gaffy stick and even with the mandalorian like they weren't running away like that but then boba fett came down and they almost immediately took off unless it was because gideon's ship arrived so maybe they heard a communication that was like we're here, get out of there. We're just going to do the thing with the, with the robot dudes, you know, and then, which we'll get to in a minute. But so maybe they like got the calm that those guys were, were there and maybe they were just like holding it down until they got there. I don't know. Yeah, that would make sense for sure. Because yeah, they, they take off in the transports and then this is where Boba Fett gets his you know shoulder rockets out and puts his it's so cool when he puts that thing down from his helmet and looks through it because Cobb Vanth did that you know in chapter nine Boba Fett looks a lot cooler doing the whole rocket thing than Cobb Vanth did he does I just feel like it it suits Boba Fett better when he shoots the the rocket out of his back just like kind of bends over I feel like Cobb didn't really have like the flow down but yeah it was very cool Yes, Boba Fett definitely he fills out the armor a lot a lot better than Cobb yeah, <laughs> And and then he so he takes out the ship and then it falls down into the other ship. So he takes out both of these transports with all these stormtroopers and then the Mandalorian we we get this like really again very brief moment but the Mandalorian says nice shot. He's like I was I was aiming for the other one which was a funny little beat to take because literally, literally right after that is when a shot comes out of the air and takes out the razor crest and like, that moment. Yeah. Totally vaporizes. It's it just, it was just gone. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely getting the child. And, and that's what I was thinking. And then the Mandalorian like looks over and is what you brought up earlier with the mask acting. Like you could see his like face drop. You really could. Man. Like what? It was crazy. You really, really could. It just, you, you could, you can feel the pain. It's, it's really amazing what they do with the direction and how they shoot it and like how he like walked over and it just like, you could, you could feel his heart sink and like my heart sunk too, because I was just like, no, like the razor crest had been through so much. Like it has been beat up. It's not just his ship. Like, like Mando's kind of homeless. So it's his home too, you know? Yeah. Like that's just like everything that you, that is like, you know, having possessions is something that, as humans we whatever but like yeah it was just you could definitely tell that he was like struck as was i <laughs> yeah 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 Brutal. yeah i had the i had the same feeling that he did when he saw it because it was it was bad but yeah it, it is his home i mean the little tiny 
baby Yoda hammock that, oh, you know, it's gone. it's gone. It's all gone. They're going to build another one. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where him and Fennec Shan run up. Fennec's like, Boba, you need to get to your ship because obviously you don't want that to happen to that. So Boba Fett takes off in his jetpack. The other two run up the hill and they have to run up so far because they're, they're so far away from this. And this is where we get Moff Gideon hanging out in this Imperial cruiser. And he asks about the dark troopers, which we saw that the dark troopers, you know, a couple episodes ago and everyone connected the dots really quick on that. Those were dark troopers and now it's confirmed. And now we see them in action. The music was wild. The, the dark it trooper was. music. Oh, it was and, good. <laughs> and they, they fly out and it's like Iron Man. It's like four Iron Men flying down. That's kind of what what I was going to say. And like, I mean, I, and you know that I rarely, I rarely have a gripe and I don't, this isn't even really a gripe, but like, it was very, um, like Avengers-y and I, I'm not like a huge superhero fan. I, it's not that I think it's bad. I just don't, I'm not into it. So it was very that. And I was like, okay, but, but they're terrifying. They're absolutely terrifying. They're, they're not like, they didn't look silly. They looked scary (laughs) so but yeah that was a lot and the music was awesome it was and the way they come down they land and the mandalorian and fennec are still trying to get up there to try to get grogu and then they they land and then they start walking and they're like walking really slow so it gives you like that little bit of okay well maybe they'll get up there the mandalorian will get up there but at that moment like you knew the child was gone It, it really felt like in chapter seven last year when the stormtroopers were on their way to catch up with quill when quill had the child and it was like you know what's gonna happen and they grab him and before the child even knows what's happening because he had just woken up and they take him he's gone and then the mandalorian oh the shot where they're flying off and he uses his little thing in his helmet to like look up close and you see his you see Grogu's face like Ugh. almost crying and it's it's just literally makes me want to cry too honestly <laughs> so sad it was just so brutal they just had to zoom in on it i know like it, come on. i know I, I wasn't ready to be like, like i said i thought he was going to get taken but i wasn't ready for the emotional impact of this entire episode you know i last week was so awesome seeing ahsoka Mm -hmm. seeing them work together and no the mandalorian doesn't finish his quest but he makes connection you know he knows where to go next everything turns out fine it's a happy you know somewhat happy ending and then here it's just yeah wasn't wasn't ready for it all Mm -hmm. boba fett goes up in the slave one and as he's going through the clouds you know, it shows him going up and he sees the Imperial cruiser. When he sees the cruiser, he says they're back. Yeah. And Fennec says who? And he says the empire. And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, no, they're not. This is the outer rim. The outer rims in the jurisdiction of the new Republic. And he says, uh, this isn't a spice dream. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that will be part of my daily vocabulary now. Um, this is I'm looking at the start the Imperial cruiser right now or whatever. And, uh, and then he, he's like, I got to get out of there. But so that, that was really interesting for 
that he was really freaked by that cruiser. And I think it's interesting that he wasn't really freaked by the stormtroopers. So that must be maybe at this point in the timeline, kind of a common thing that there might still be like small factions of troopers now and then. So maybe that's not too scary. Also, because you obviously Boba Fett can manage the, the stormtroopers. They're not much of a threat. But something about that cruiser was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And like, you have to wonder if he's just like thinking back to his, like being around Darth Vader and like being around those dudes and how, you know, like just what he, his experience was with the empire and that that was his reaction to seeing that I thought was like really, really interesting and and cool. Yeah. You can really feel the pain in his voice and, Fennec Shan too where they're just like no like that's impossible like that can't Mm -hmm. be you know and it was almost a a parallel to the beginning of the episode where Fennec is like it looks like you've seen a ghost you know to the Mandalorian because he thinks she was dead and and then even a couple weeks ago when the Mandalorian was like no like Moff Gideon's dead and like no this was just sent it's just like they won't go away and it's just I don't know. It's a microcosm for this entire episode too, where they're just relentless, just keep coming and coming and coming. And yeah, it's it, uh, the, the pain and the fear in their voice was pretty, pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. Kind of, kind of shocking too, because yeah, it, it gives you more of a scale on where you are for sure. Cause it's like, they were so able to like take those stormtroopers down so easily that for them to be hesitant is scary, you know, because you can tell that it's like for a reason, you know? So, yeah. Right. And I'm wondering how, and if Boba Fett was able to track that ship because he's, I don't think he is because, you know, at the very end, we'll we'll talk about the whole Mayfeld situation, but Mm -hmm. he says, you know, I'm going to give them a loose follow so I can track where they're going. But, he never got close enough to really do that. So I don't know how, what, where Boba Fett's tracking skills are obviously decent. He tracked, you know, the Mandalorian, but yeah, they were, you know, even the Mandalorian is like, no, like don't, don't do anything to the dark troopers. Like I don't want anything to happen to the child. So yeah. And then we get back down onto the planet. The Mandalorian is standing there in the razor crests grave and going through the stuff and just picking stuff up and throwing it down he finds the ball. The I knew he would. I knew he would. I know. And that's just another like rip your heart out moment where that ball has meant so much to their relationship. And it was just, I felt like I could feel him crying under his helmet. Like I, I felt that. Like, like being real scared. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, or at least feeling really hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. And and then he he of course the Beskar pole, which we assume that would survive too. He says that's the only thing that survived. Picks mm-hmm. that up. Oh, I wrote down. I wrote down. He looks good with that spear. He just looks good with yeah. it, like wielding it. He just it, it just works. I can't like. I feel like that's gonna be a new thing in either like art or toys or both. It's like just him standing with that spear. It's like that's something. It's good. It's very good. I just can't wait to see the showdown with with Moff Gideon and the Dark. It's gotta happen. It's 
it's definitely happening. So yeah, they, I'm, I'm glad they, they really set that up for that. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm very excited for, for uh, the last episode for that to kind of come to a head. So this is where, again, Boba and Fennec are just super honorable, right? Like he has the armor. They could just take off and call it good. But they're like, no, like we said, we would protect the child. And until he's back with you, you're with us and we're going to help you out. And then he shows him his chain code, which I'm still like a little confused on the chain code thing. Like I get that they have a chain code, but I... I don't know. But anyways, it has Boba Fett and it has Jango Fett. And so he gives him his family history. And this moment too, like this was kind of a big deal, right? Because we find out that Jango was a foundling and that mm-hmm. he fought in the Mandalorian civil wars, which I don't think we know anything about. It, this just adds another another war. Ma- the Ma- Mandalore is always at war, and I'm never going to keep their wars in order. But I think this was prior to the prequels was the Mandalorian civil war. If if I believe so, yeah. If my timeline is right, but the fact that he is a foundling, and then the fact that he has Boba Fett created you know an unaltered clone for him to have a son is just like who was who brought Django up you know and what was his what was Django's relationship with whoever brought him up and you know obviously he wanted a child but there's so much with parents and kids and how everything works throughout this which is just it just works really well it really does and and that was like that was like a cool connection for the two of them to have because I feel like we've always kind of suspected that Django and Boba were not like blood Mandalorian, which I guess is kind of confirmed because foundlings are not technically like born Mandalorian and like neither is Din Djarin. So that's like, that's just really cool. Yeah. I remember comparing the two of them in my head last season because it was like, well, he's similar to them in that way, you know, because he's not like, blood mandalorian or whatever although apparently that doesn't matter to the people with the helmet creed but whatever like and it's nice that that doesn't matter i guess but yeah so that's i don't know that's cool that's just really cool and it's cool that he's seeing another mandalorian who's freely taking his helmet off i have a speculation theory that i want to talk about but we'll do that later but yeah um yeah and i also this is like kind of moving forward but I feel like when Boba Fett is saying to him, like, you know, we owe you the debt and our debt isn't paid until we get the child back, blah, blah, blah. Um, Fennec does not want to. <laughs> like, I feel like she's yeah. not super into it because she knows, like, I feel like she's like, there's no, that's going to be a nightmare. Like, this, the odds of that working out are pretty slim. And you could tell that, like, of course she's like, yes, because she's indebted to Boba. So wherever he's going, she's in. But like, I could tell that she was kind of like, I do not want to do that. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. yeah. She had that look on her face. Like what? No, uh-uh. that's not. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, so after we get, okay, Boba Fett and Fennec Shan, even reluctantly Fennec, it, they are with the Mandalorian and they are going to help him get the child back. So mm-hmm. the Mandalorian, this is where the episode, I, I said it was only 32 minutes, but there was so much, you know, and it was so action packed and everything, but then it kind of mm-hmm. wrapped up the very end where we're getting two more locations all of a sudden. Right. Mandalorian, 
goes back to Navarro in the Slave One with Boba Fett, with Fennec Shan, and he goes into Cara Dune's office. She's a cop mm-hmm. now, apparently. And he needs to find Mayfeld, which Mayfeld is Bill Burr's character from one of my favorite episodes last season. Uh, it was chapter six where they go to the New Republic prison to break out the Twi'lek and Mayfeld is an ex-Imperial sharpshooter. And like we always talk about with Star Wars, nothing is thrown away. Nothing is recycled. Nothing is done without a purpose. And making Mayfeld ex-Imperial came in really handy right now. So they obviously had that plan. And so he needs him, which Mayfeld is in the Carthon chop fields serving 50 years, which I thought that was a great, like the Carthon chop fields. What I don't even know what that means, but he's there serving some time. And so it sounds very very solo, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Or the, the rings of Kefron or whatever it is from, from rogue one, something like that. I might've butchered that name, but yeah, it's, it, it did feel just like that. Yeah. He says he needs to spring him, get him out of jail to help locate Gideon's light cruiser. And then when he brings up and Kara is a little hesitant and, and cause she's a cop now and mm-hmm. until he says that they have the kid and then she's like, okay. And so next yeah. episode we'll get into, but then it, it shifts over to the Imperial cruiser and this, shot. this was a lot. This was just a lot. Like this whole thing. It's like the last what four minutes maybe less of the thing and it was a lot like look the episode has already been a lot and then you're gonna put this on the end and just be like okay sit with that for six days see ya like just intense really intense i wrote down giancarlo is so good like just walk in with that the cape oh my word like he he i feel like and you can tell i feel like when you look at like the stuff he's been putting on instagram and stuff he is so into it and like just loves this character i feel like he like is so into i feel like he's the kind of guy who if you the kind of actor that if you asked him like about the character he would be like well he's not evil because in his head what he's doing isn't wrong like, he's very much that kind of actor you know and you can just tell like oh he's killing it seriously killing it but anyway yes let's discuss i'm glad that we're getting more of him because we're getting to see his character a little bit more because you know last season we only got him in the one episode or you know the last maybe two episodes and right, yeah. it was just like he's the bad guy you know, and he's just very proper and he's just like, he was scary. He was imposing, but we didn't get to mm-hmm. see it. But in this scene specifically, first of all, we get that shot going through hyperspace, which just looks amazing. And then we get that shot of him at the front of this cruiser going through hyperspace. And he just looks, you know, it has that very like Vader and Palpatine feel at the end of Revenge of the Sith. It has, and even really more recently, it made me think of Ahsoka and Rex, you know, in Clone Wars when they're going through hyperspace. Just that, it's just a class, it's just a great Star Wars shot. And then, yeah, he turns around and just starts strutting through the halls. And 
as you're going down, and I watch, I watch with subtitles on always. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, and, I know exactly. <laughs> so the, he's walking through the hall, and like I couldn't hear it at first, but I could see it in the subtitles. It said like stormtroopers groaning or something like that. I was like, oh damn, like something, something's going down. Right. But they open the cell up, and Grogu is just kicking ass with the force, and it's just like I said, with the force being awakened in him, I felt like okay, he's he's getting his grip back on the Force now. And, like, let's just get real about this right now. It How, like, okay, Lud- Ludwig Gornson is an incredibly talented musician that creates so many original themes and scores for countless pieces of, of entertainment and visual medium. The notes are the exact same as Kylo's theme. Like there's maybe like a little difference and maybe like a pitch difference, but it's da 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 da. It's like it is that and you it's it's like unmistakable. I think you hear it a little bit when they are at the seeing stone, but when he especially when he started the force choking, it was that. And it's like is that just because he couldn't think of anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so. It was definitely on purpose. And we got Kylo Ren's theme either last mm-hmm. week or two weeks ago. I think we did too. And yeah, it, you know, it, and it really makes me think when John Favreau was doing his interviews after season one and he was saying, you know, in, in the next season, we're going to start to see the seeds of the first order being planted. And that's like one of the first themes that we hear that might be the first theme. Well, there might be a couple more, but when Kylo Ren lands on Jakku in The Force Awakens, like that's his theme. And like that became iconic instantly. And yeah, the way that they do it, where it's like really slow and soft, and I don't even know how to describe it, but just, yeah, it's definitely. I think not- there's a little change. I don't know if it's like, you know, somebody, Christy Carew. Mm-hmm. Well, no, <laughs> the composer, she's awesome. But like, it's like from major to minor, minor to major, or there's some little difference that makes it sound a little bit less menacing and more hopeful, at least to me. But it's the same. It's the same. It is. It's, it is. it's almost a mix between Kylo Ren's theme, just normal theme, mixed with Ben Solo's theme at the very mm-hmm. end of the rise of Skywalker, where it is that dun, 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 or it's like upbeat and everything. It's kind of like sitting right in the middle of that where it's, yeah. it's not super dark and it's not like super, it, it feels light, but it doesn't it's suspenseful. Though. Yeah. It doesn't feel light. You know, it's like, it's, right. it's kind of just a little creepy and yeah, he's just, he's tossing these stormtroopers back and forth. Moff mm-hmm. Gideon comes in and just this moment it's we get like we get Gideon smiling and you can tell he's happy that he got the child he got what he's wanted but he's still super creepy about it he pulls out the dark saber and is like have you ever seen one of these you know back in the old times or something like that and you could tell the child is like he's he's definitely seen that and he's starts to use the force a little bit and just the whole Gideon was he trying to take it I think he was trying to take it and which made me laugh too because in our baby Yoda extravaganza episode I brought up that the child could use a lightsaber at some point 
And we are getting closer to that <laughs> moment. But yeah. Yeah. Gideon's like, uh, 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 like you're not ready for that. You know, he's like real creepy about it. And he's like, you could put an eye out with that and kind of laughs a little bit and chuckles. And it's just, uh, just creepy. And just like scary. He's so good at being scary. He is. He, he, did you watch, (laughs) did you watch breaking bad? I did not, but I'm familiar with the lore and I've seen some clips with the thing where, and I know. Yeah. Yeah, so I I get the the gist. He 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 is so good in Breaking Bad, and he you know he's obviously like the bad guy there, but he has two personas in that show where it's kind of the same. Where he's like the manager of this chicken restaurant, and he's like real nice and like you know this, but then when they show the other side, he's like really terrible, like scary and everything, and he just he captures it so well and yeah pulls the dark saber out super intimidating and just threatening you know it's just sad and then grogu passes out because of all that force that he just used and then they bring out the tiniest shackles and well, the they stun gun yeah oh yes they stun gun him and that's that's Brutal. really really dark <laughs> yeah i wasn't ready for that oh, dark and he says contact dr pershing and we've got the the donor Uh, yeah donor please gideon yes exactly i they they need those m's man they need those m count and i don't know the the more that i hear the more i read and the more i watch it does seem like he's a donor for his midichlorians to use in a transfusion to get into Moff Gideon so Moff Gideon can be force sensitive. It makes sense. And like we've talked about all sorts of theories and like we've talked about, you know, why they wanted baby Yoda forever. And one of the theories always was like, they want to harness his force powers and, you know, do something with it. And the whole time I was like, eh, it can't be that simple. But then it kind of turns out that, yeah, it kind of can be that simple. Like, if we're talking about midichlorians and a transfusion and everything, I, I don't know. It's all, all creepy. Right. And, and, and the thing was like, I feel like one of the natural ways to think like since towards the beginning, how I definitely leaned, although I did, I don't know if I wanted this or not, oh, whatever, but that was that they were trying to get the, that material, the force sensitive material for Palpatine. But I think you're right that maybe it's for Gideon because um it's like one of those lines like when Kylo Ren says don't be afraid I feel it too in the Force Awakens and that just bothers me like all the time was is when Gideon said he means more to me mm-hmm. than you will ever yeah. know. He means more to me than you will ever know. And I feel like if he was getting the child to use for Palpatine, I don't know that he would say he means more to me than you will ever know. You know what I mean? Like that's just such a personal statement. Like to me. That that definitely sticks out. And there's been no sign. There's been no sign of Gideon answering to anybody else either. Like he's not working for someone else. this, This is for him, you know? And I even thought, 
a couple weeks ago when we saw the dark troopers when we really didn't see them, but we kind of saw them. I was like, maybe he's using that to build an army of, you know, but that was before we knew what the dark troopers were. No, they're just like really cool. Iron man looking like super weapon type things. So yeah, I think all signs points and, and the other, you know, just how Dr. Pershing says the transfusion in that hologram too. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's not a direct, it's, they're trying to get it into somebody else. It it only makes sense for Gideon. So I don't know. It would be something if they could actually get something worked out where Gideon is force sensitive, that would be, that would be intense. So I, I don't know, but where, where do we go from here? Where do you want to speculate here? Cause there's, there's so much. Well, I have two things and it's maybe not as like as much where do we go from here, but these are two things that are in my brain. So the first is did bet- with all the stuff that happened, I don't think that Boba Fett or well Fennec, I guess probably knows what the child looks like because she just knows stuff. So Boba Fett didn't see the child before he was taken and maybe doesn't know that the child is force sensitive. Is that going to make Boba Fett real mad because he doesn't like the Jedi? Does he still not like the Jedi? Right. That's, that's a really good question that I hadn't really thought of. I I just thought of it while we were talking, honestly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know because Boba Fett most likely saw that force energy field. Uh Right. Right. I, I don't know. He seems when we saw him, he's kind of over it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't want to like say that, but when we saw him in the clone Wars, he was like hell bent on revenge. Like that's all we saw in, in the clone Wars was he wanted to get revenge on the Jedi more than anything. But throughout at least this episode, and it has been so long, like the Jedi are gone and the Jedi way is, is basically long gone in in the eyes of most of the galaxy, at least. And so I, I don't know, but I, I, the last he saw of it was Luke, right? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I wonder where he sits with, you know, obviously the last time we saw him too, he was in cohorts with, the empire, you know, and now he's all of a sudden he's like, Oh no, not the empire. Like the empire, like that's the worst thing ever. And so, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to fill in with Boba Fett, even in five years of what has he there's been up in- to? Yeah. There's just some, some inner monologue that I really want. Cause like if they're riding, you know, to and from Navarro and wherever they're going to go next, are, is Mando going to tell them like, the story and he's going to be like oh and then we went to see this jedi and if boba hears the word jedi is he going to be like excuse me you know like i don't know if that would bump him out so that was my first question that i like to think about but maybe it won't be anything who knows because he does seem like maybe he's changed a lot as far as just like what's going on in his brain maybe his priorities have switched a little bit the other thing that i thought about when on my second watch when Mm -hmm. Din Djarin picks up the little silver ball. What if I don't, this might be too much. Like there might be too many layers to this and God knows, I don't know that we need another undercover thing, but what if Mando went undercover 
to get into the imperial thing because nobody knows what his face looks like. And then what if he found the child and the way that he told him that it was him was by showing him the little ball. Ooh, I like that. I know that freaked me out when I thought of it. I don't know if it's too much. And again, like, do we really need to go undercover in every single thing ever? But that would be cool. Like if, if he was maskless, because I don't know how anyone would know what his face looks like if he hasn't taken the thing off since he was a child. Cause he's, he's doing his thing. Yeah. So the only one who's seen him without it is IG-11. So if nobody knows what he looks like, then he can go places and maybe not be recognized as long as he isn't a doofus. I could, I don't know. I could totally see like a scene where he's in full stormtrooper armor with other stormtroopers that are actual stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. And they like go into the room and he like shows it to him, you know, kind of to the side like it's me and then the child takes out the other stormtroopers they get out somehow that would be really cool that's a good it would be that it's it's so in another han solo and ben solo i i didn't think i'd ever be like bringing those two up that we'd be talking about that right yeah but the dice you know it's that it's that object that is super meaningful and i think that that's their object you know that ball that's that's how they bonded it's their baseball they play catch with it you know like that's that's a father-son thing and so yeah there's there's definitely something something there i yeah that's that's very very interesting i you you talked about it a little bit earlier but the helmet thing and i've t- i've said it all season i've said it for a long time the helmet is coming off we're we're getting we're getting mando's helmet he's gonna loosen up on his creed he's now seen bo katan you know without her helmet and she's just like yeah you're you're a weirdo like you're in the child children of the watch oh you're one of them oh, okay you 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 know you're kind of in that outdated like religion type deal now he sees boba fett like like you said earlier Again, like mm-hmm. even when he gets his armor back, he still takes it off after that and talks to him. And so he's he's getting that. I think the helmet is it's coming off. And I think it would be awesome if when we get because like we're getting the fight between Moff Gideon and the Mandalorian, right? The dark saber versus the Beskar pole. I I mean, if we don't, that's there's I don't know. I, I we have to get. That. I mean, I think we that, know that. We know that Giancarlo said that he had a lightsaber fight, right? Like yeah. he, he said that like in freaking like January. Yeah, yeah. So like we know that that is a thing, but so it's like, who is it with? Is it with Ahsoka? Is it with Mando and the spear? Is it? Uh, I think it's going to be with Mando. And I think at that point, the, right. the Mandalorians, I, I don't think he's going to have his helmet on either at that point. Cause like how good would that be if we got a close up? of those two faces like right next to each other like going at it i i don't know helmets coming off i i the other thing though the armor we haven't mm-hmm. seen her at all yet so true yeah well one interesting thing i mean this doesn't have this doesn't have to be a thing but it is related is i saw that the actress who played morgan elsbeth last week she did like a really, really sweet Facebook post where she talked about being in the show and like all the people who helped her and stuff. And she said, I believe she said Lauren Kim's name. 
And that's the woman who performs the armorer, right? I think she performed for Koska Reeves too this this season. And and her name was in the credits today. Oh. So she's around. So she maybe she did uh, Fennec Shan today. At least, or maybe was like some of it, or some of the yeah. jumping shots, or you know, whatever. But yeah, so she's she's on set. I if just, you will. I don't so. think, I don't think they can go a whole season without the armor, especially like the trailer. It was her voice and the whole Creed thing and the Children of the Watch thing. Like that has to get resolved. Like not not maybe fully resolved, but it has to come back to it somehow. I don't know. There's so much like. There's only two episodes left, unless each one is three out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I don't know. Honestly, it could be 10 minutes and I would still be like, that was awesome and worth it. And wow, I can't wait for the next one. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I keep thinking of that opening scene of mm-hmm. the Mandalorian being like, yeah, we're going to take you to the Jedi and you're going to have to go with them. You know, you're a Jedi, you're too powerful. And like everything he said, it, it, it made me think of Han and it made me think of how that maybe wasn't the best thing to do with Ben Solo. And it's the whole thing of even what Ahsoka talked about last week with attachment. And like, she's like, I'm not going to separate you, you know, like I've seen that type of attachment. And I just, again, we talked about it in our baby Yoda extravaganza. And I brought it up even before today's episode about, the Mandalorian, you know, when the armor did give him that whole speech, she was like, you can't train him because he's too weak. And right. now we find out that no, like he's probably not too weak. Like he trained as a Jedi, like he could be trained as a Mandalorian. And we even saw that at the very beginning of this episode with the ball of the, like, no, you can do it, you know? So like they're making that connection. So I still think, they're going to just, they're going to be together for their, their father and son. And I just think that's, that's how it's going to be. He's not going to, he's not going to give them up to somebody else. I think they're, they're together. I think you're right. I think like, you've got to be right. Yeah. Like, that's why I like, obviously it was really sad seeing it was sadder the second time for me, seeing everything that happens like to Grogu at the end of the episode, but I wasn't really sad because I'm like, he's going to be fine. Like, yeah, he's exactly. Gonna be yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be scary and bad, but he's going to be fine. Yes. And I'm glad they did it this episode and not the end of the season. Cause that way I was, I was honestly surprised it was this episode. I thought it would have been next episode, but I guess it makes more sense to take more time to resolve it. It's very interesting. Yes. And we know, so now we know Mandalorian's looking for Mayfeld so he can have him help, which that is going to be interesting when they meet back up. But we know that Rick Famuia is directing mm-hmm. next week as well and wrote it. And wrote it. And so I, and like I said, chapter six last season, the prison breakout was one of my favorite episodes. So I. And chapter two was one of mine, which was also Rick. Yeah. It, I just, it's, I'm just ready. It's going to be. It's going to be crazy. We, I don't know. It's once the season's over, we're really going to, I'm going to have to really sit down and just like think about everything for a while. Cause it's just, it's the, the way this season is going is the way this episode where like the stormtroopers keep coming and coming. And then the, the, you know, the light cruiser shows up and they're just, it's relentless. That's how this season is just every week. 
more and more and more is just thrown at you. And yeah, it's so much information. Yeah. It's a lot. It, it is definitely a lot. So, whew. yeah. All right. I think we got, I think we covered everything. I think we're good. No, to go. I, mean, I, pretty sure. I just, yeah, we're, we're going to need to process a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more, I think, but Kara, thank you for joining me once again. So excited to have you on the show as always. Can you tell the people where you're at, where to find you, what you're up to? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram name is sacred something by Kara with a K sacred something by K A R A Kara. And just got the holiday shops open still. Um, the December zine is printed and released. So there's, you can now get the full year of zines, all 12 issues in a really nice little bundle. And I also have last year's zines, a ton of collage art. And it's so funny because the best thing about these Mando Monday uh, posters is that they also release the cardboard cutouts. And those are the pictures that I very often use for collaging. So now I'm like, (laughs) so that's really exciting. So new stuff will, I'm probably not going to be putting out too much new stuff until the new year. But once the new year hits, it's like a lot of new stuff is going to be happening. So follow along very exciting we'll definitely put that in the show notes so you can follow Kara and buy the zines get the bundle get next year signed up for it because it's always great getting it every month in the mailbox so very exciting and the collage prints too I have I think I'm up to three or four or five now and there's some people that I'm just so jealous of uh, Plo Koon's book club on Instagram. He posts all the time. He's got like every print that there Jackson is. Jackson is awesome. Yeah. And he uses his Instagram photos. Cause he, he talks all about the different star Wars novels. It's like one of my favorite accounts. And uh, he uses the picture, the, the, my collage prints in his pictures and it always looks so cool. And I love it. Yes, it is. It is very good. I'll have to, I'll have to uh, put a mention of him in there too, because his account is is awesome to follow. It's really, really yeah. cool. But yeah, he's got the the great collage wall just built. Just looks looks so cool. Amazing. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Force Time Pod on Instagram at Force Time Pod. You can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, may the force be with you.